What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. Tavares here. Um, unfortunately, I won't say unfortunately, you're probably happy, but don't plan on having a long episode. Life has just been kind of hectic. Um, so today should be a bit quicker. Um, working with the, trying to get a couple guests and it seems like the last few times trying to get guests has always been a runaround. But we definitely have some voices that we, we believe can help you guys and we'll be able to encourage you. So if you're new, I do want you to consider subscribing so you can check out older episodes and you can stay tuned for more that we have in store for you guys. Um, but for you guys that are always showing love, appreciate you guys. Remember to you know hit the like button, share, all those types of things. Um, but today I want to talk about three simple ways on improving your relationship. Not that it's something that you guys aren't doing, but kind of like a refresher um, to putting your focus because I think it's a lot of things that... Um, so often we, we just get so happy about getting to a relationship, but it's like, what now? You know, so often we get excited. Um, okay, well, God blessed us with them. And then we leave immediately when things aren't looking great. Um, so obviously the principles I'm talking about are basic, but I believe a lot of relationships, they start good. Then they end up going bad. And it's not always because of the devil. Sometimes it was us not having the right perspective in regards to our relationships. You know, so the number one thing I want to talk about is the importance of learning how to forgive. You have to learn how to forgive. In Colossians 3, 12 through 13, it says, Since God chose you to be holy, people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Um, so one thing I've learned about forgiveness, um, for me personally, is that forgiveness is not something... Um, that you do because the person is sorry. Forgiveness is not something you do um, because they deserved it, because they earned it. Um, no, but before the apology, you should be willing to forgive. Before they even realize their mistakes, you should be willing to forgive. When we think about Jesus going to the cross, his prayer is, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Now, a lot of times people are offending you. You're in a relationship with someone who may have upset you, and one of the first thoughts that may come to our mind, and maybe not you, maybe me, some of the people I know, I know this one of the first thoughts that come to their mind is, if you loved me, you should have never done that. Or if you cared, you wouldn't have said this. Or if you, and it's like, it's so easy for us to say what they should not have done. And then that gives us an excuse to stay offended. But I'm telling you, being offended is is a trick of the devil, you know, because it's one thing that for someone to offend you, but it's another thing to stay offended. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And that shows such a lack of a love for God's word that we have today, because a lot of people get offended over every single thing, you know, so we have to be careful not to allow offense to lead us, you know. And it's not that when you're forgiving someone, you're excusing their actions. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions misconceptions in regards to um, forgiveness is that we believe that that means um, reconciliation every time. No, there's some times when, you know, when you're supposed to forgive someone and love them at a distance. You know, you that doesn't mean reconcile a relationship, but I believe there's so many relationships that God never wanted you to break up. But because you were offended, because you didn't want to exercise forgiveness, because you, because in your mind, you deserve grace and they don't. A relationship ended, a marriage ended, all of these things that could have brought God glory, we rushed out of it because of our offense. So we have to be so careful because this generation, there's so many people that claim that they desire, I have a tag in the back, sorry if I keep scratching that, I didn't realize it until I started the video, but there are a lot of people that say they want to get married, but they have a, 
a huge problem when it comes to forgiveness, meaning um, they brag on their cutoff game. I know you guys heard of that. You know, this generation, they're always talking about, oh, I'll fall back. I'm not going to fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And it's like they're so quick to to like, nah, you're going to fool me again. Nah, you're not going to offend me again. And now, trust me, none of this is saying allow somebody to play you. None of this is saying allow someone to abuse you, mistreat you. Obviously, my view on this stuff is going to be different because I'm married, but I do want you to understand that if you're not forgiving somebody when dating, you're not going to want to forgive when married because a lot of our patterns that we have during our single season is what's going to occur while we're in a relationship. That's why a lot of times I don't tackle what to do in your relationship because if we prepare you prior to, you're going to be mature enough to know how to handle it when you get into that relationship. And there's so many people that jump from relationship to relationship. Person to person, you made me mad. I'm going to go talk to somebody who treats me nice. She got on my nerves. I'm going to go talk to a woman who's more respectful. And we jump from person to person every time there's a problem, not realizing that doesn't help you find a one. But it teaches your heart what it means to divorce. It teaches your heart what it means to not forgive. Because as soon as you get married and your spouse offends you, what are you going to do? Move out? Guess just gonna drop them, you know, and that's why I'm telling you the devil is busy, man. He's, you know, he wants people to brag on your cutoff game. He wants you to fall back at the first sign of conflict. And I'm never gonna advocate for people staying in a bad relationship, but I want you to understand you cannot run from all of your problems. At some point, you guys are gonna have to try to work things out. At some point, whoever you end up with is not gonna be perfect. They may be perfect for you, yes, but they're still going to be human, which means they're not perfect. And because you are still human means you are not perfect, you know? So if you think as though you're going to have this all figured out, nah, what the perspective is that I want us to have when it comes to forgiveness is what if God was not quick to forgive? What if God was as petty as us that he says, nah, I'm... I'm going to wait a few weeks and then I'll consider forgiving you later on. What if God was that immature, that childish, whereas we claim we want to go to heaven, but the Bible says if you don't forgive others, God is not going to forgive you. So it's not it's not heaven that we want. You know, we, we just, we want heaven on our terms. God is like, man, if you're going to be my child, you're going to have to forgive people the way I forgave you. And I think a lot of times we look at our sins and our issues and the way we mistreat the person we're dating as though it's no big deal. And then we completely realize that all of the sins that we commit, or all the times we, we don't do what God's word says, we think God shouldn't be offended at all. And I need us to understand that if God is able to forgive, we must be willing to forgive because our aim, ultimately, you're listening to a channel called Godly Dating 101. My assumption is you want to honor God. My assumption is you want to please God, you want to be like him, but that's not going to happen while being immature. If God is willing to forgive, we must be willing to forgive. First Peter 4 and 8 in the NLT says it like this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. So now this verse shows me that any happy couple you've ever seen in your life, they are a forgiving couple. Why? Because their forgiveness is overlooking a lot of the other person's issues, a lot of the other person's setbacks, because it doesn't matter how perfect Safa is to me, she's going to do something or I'm going to do something that offends the other. We're going to do something that gets on the other's nerves at some point. And we have to understand that in order for me to see all the beauty that is in her or to see all the good that is in me, I have to be willing to overlook sometimes when you make a mistake. Now, a lot of you guys, I'm telling you, I know some people are going to misinterpret my point of forgiveness with a person they're dating that God has been saying to run away from. Listen, pray for discernment because there's some things that need to be ended and there's some things that you need God to fix within you guys so you can make it to the finish line. 
I won't call marriage a finish line, but you get my point. You know, so the goal is not to be so quick to be judgmental or to condemn them, but to be willing to see the good in that person. Now for a word from our sponsor, which is BetterHelp. Therapy is something that I believe, you know, gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, I think a lot of times it's because people don't view it as affordable, but a lot of times, unfortunately, we can be very reactive as humans rather than proactive. As in, you don't eat healthy until your doctor tells you, hey, you have a heart condition. Unfortunately, a lot of people take their 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 physical health way more important than they take their mental health. And that's something I believe we need to be proactive with because honestly, you know, therapy can show you some things that you didn't realize you had issues with or can help you unpack certain things because obviously church is important. Obviously, the work of the spirit, nothing can change that. But you do need at times somebody to help walk you through and process all the things you've dealt with, whether any type of trauma, you know, along those lines, you know, but regards to BetterHelp, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash godly. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash godly. The second thing I need all of you couples that are listening to do, bring a kingdom mindset to your relationship. This is such a social media, me, 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 selfish generation. It's insane. We have to get back to viewing viewing the kingdom of God as what's most important. The Bible says in Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, obviously, Jesus was talking about you know, your food, your clothing, um, you know, your drink. But he was teaching a principle that as you see God, there are some things that you desire that God is going to provide that. There is no question, right? There are some things that we're like, God, I need this. God, I want a relationship. God, I want a, I want a spouse. And God is like, if you spend time with me, I can direct you to certain things, right? But now when you get into a relationship, I think a lot of couples are still seeking seeking after the wrong things. You know, when we look at somebody like King Esther and and King Esther, King Xerxes and Esther. If you read the book of Esther, when you get some time this week, read that book and you'll realize that God didn't just place her with him because that was a good looking couple. God didn't just place her there because, you know, the king wants a beautiful woman. Esther is just the sweetest thing on earth. You know, she's Proverbs 31. And we obviously you should aim for all the godly characteristics you see in this woman. But God connected them for a kingdom purpose, whereas Haman was elevated to a position of power, whereas now he's trying to kill all of the Jews. And Mordecai has to tell Esther, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Maybe the reason why God allowed you to be married to the king is because now when they're trying to kill all the Jews, now when there's a decree to destroy all the Jews, there is a Jewish woman in the kingdom who can advocate for them. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now, obviously, many of you ain't going to marry no president. You probably won't marry a pastor. You probably won't marry somebody who you feel as though has influence. But every relationship that you are in, God is giving you to a level of influence 
or if you're single, God wants you in a relationship that has a level of influence that can change many other people. Now, I believe that Safa and I, we should see a revival in our neighborhood, not because our neighborhood loves God, but because we are here. And if God may have brought us to this neighborhood for such a time as this, God may have brought you to that church for such a time as this, whatever, wherever situation you are in, the relationship that you guys um, are trying to culminate should be a relationship that brings kingdom brings god's glory and god's kingdom you know to pass you should be willing to do things that brings you closer to god so now we see esther all she had to do was speak to the king in order to get the situation reversed and now what would have been destruction for the jews turned out to be for their benefit all because of one relationship all because this woman was dating a guy so i believe we have to get kingdom minded with our relationships because it's so easy to yeah, we want to get married. Yeah, you people want to, you know, have sex and people want to, uh, you know, take the cute pictures on social media. All those things you want the butterflies in your stomach. I get all of that. All that is nice and pretty. But I want you to know that the devil should be nervous seeing two godly people connected together. Um, people should be. People should know. When this couple hangs out with us, um, you know, when we have a couples and, you know, it's like four different couples, you know, doing like a double date, triple date, whatever you guys are doing. When you guys are on a date, they should know they don't run certain jokes around you two because you two walk with godliness and you're not just that compromising couple. And there's so many couples that have been compromising after compromise. And it's not even to throw shame on them. But I want you to understand that shows when we're not being kingdom minded because people should know there's a lot of people that. You know, we're cool with, but won't invite us to certain things because they understand where we stand. You know what I mean? All love, not, no one is going to be mistreated or looked down on. But you need to know that our goal is to walk in God's glory. Our goal is to, to share God with other people. Not a matter of being holier than now, but we want to make sure that we are being, uh, I guess the word could be like advocate, like sharing truth. That should be the goal. So in your relationship, what you guys should be doing is finding ways to add devotion and all that type of stuff to the mix because there are a lot of relationships that I believe that God wants to be a part of, but we exclude him. We're just texting all day. We're just talking on the phone all night, FaceTime all day, sending pictures. And it's like, well, can we study the scriptures together? Because if I can't study the scripture with you, then I'm wasting my time. Don't marry anybody you can't study the word of God with. Don't marry anybody you cannot pray with. Don't marry anyone who's not able to encourage you spiritually. And I get it. We all may be at different levels, but you two have to have that foundation. Christ is our firm Christ is our firm foundation, and we have to be willing to be rooted in him rather than what society's doing. You know, when we look at what the world calls love and what the word of God calls love, it's two different things. God doesn't want us operating how the world does. First Corinthians 3 Four through seven, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Listen, none of those things happen accidentally. No relationship is going to honor God by accident. You have to be intentional. When you're trying to be in a relationship that pleases God, it requires intentionality. It requires you, you two, to be kingdom-minded, focused on how we can honor God. 
and we need our our definition of oh I love him I love her we need that definition to be biblical are we seeing what the Bible is calling true love or are we seeing what the world is calling true love oh love is love you can date whatever gender you want you can be whatever gender you want are we following the world's principles are we following the word of God we have to go back to what the Bible calls truth and in order to know the will of God you have to add the word of God to your life we can't we can't just exclude God and expect his blessings in the process. That's not how things work. And if a couple is kingdom minded in my head, you don't have to worry about constantly tell them, hey, be careful when you guys hang out alone. Hey, no sex before marriage. You don't have to tell somebody that because when they're actively seeking after the kingdom of God, that's not going to be the case because they're trying to please him. They're not trying to please their flesh, but they're trying to please God. And I believe that many couples have to be constantly reminded, hey, guys, don't do this. Hey, guys, don't do that. Hey, guys, the Bible says this. Why? Because their goal has never been to please God, but it's been to please their flesh. Just saying. The last one I'll say is being supportive. You know, in Genesis 2.18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. Meaning, no person should be in your life that's not helping you get to where God is calling you to be. It's not helping you achieve that ministry that God has called you to achieve. I don't need personally anyone in my life that is hindering me from being who God has called me to be. You know, so we have to understand that when we're trying to build our relationship, you can't build a relationship when you're selfish. You can't build a relationship when you're focused on me and my wants, my goals, my desires, but you have to be willing to to help them. Um, when we think about Adam and Eve, we see that God called them to be a helper. But like when you look at the scriptures, there was a point where Peter, where God had to rebuke Peter. Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, because Peter is trying to stop him from being crucified. He's like, nah, well, you know, he's not a fan of it. There was a time when, when it came to the foot washing. Peter's like, well, I'm not washing your feet. You know, like you're a master type of thing. And he's like, well, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. But we see that Peter was always quick to try to find a convenient route. He never wanted Jesus to experience any pain, but not realizing that pain was going to bring God's glory, right? And Jesus had to rebuke him. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. We all can probably argue Peter was probably the closest disciple, you know, maybe John. But we can see in scripture that they were very close, yet Jesus had to rebuke him from stop him from from trying to stop him from go to the from going to the cross whereas when he spoke to Judas he called him friend now many of us when we know any of our fake friends when we know anybody who betrayed us we're not fans of these people Jesus called Judas friend though why because Judas's purpose was to get him to Calvary now none of us would have been saved today if it wasn't for Judas being evil in his heart None of us would have been saved today if it wasn't for Judas allowing Jesus to, for, for betraying Jesus and then allowing him to, to die for our sins. None of us would have had that salvation. Now, I say that not to say we need to date somebody like a Judas, but that shows me that there are some times when there are some relationships that we're in that doesn't seem too pleasant to us. You know what I mean? And not realizing that God still placed them in your life for a reason. Why? Because they're supporting you to get into your destiny. Now, there are a lot of you, you have so many regrets about the relationships that you've been in, but all of that was a part of the plan, all a part of the plan of God to help get you into your destiny. Now, some things God ain't want you dating, of course not, but it can help you get to your destiny. So while we may be upset over Judas, understand that Judas was willing to put him on that cross. He was willing to betray him. Peter wasn't. So while we're so happy over Peter, sometimes the relationships that we are happy with, 
God is trying to rebuke those. God wants us to rebuke those because they're not pushing you into your purpose. And we have to be pushed into purpose in order to please God. When we think about the last um, example I'll use in regards to support is Elkanah and Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Whereas God didn't open her womb. Um, you know, she was a barren woman, but yet he still blessed her. You know, even though she couldn't have kids in the Christian standard Bible, 1 Samuel 4 and 5, verse chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, whenever Elkanah offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her, even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. So we see that he her inability to have kids didn't stop his love from, you know, for this woman. Obviously, this isn't about, you know, those people are married and none of y'all should be even be trying to be having kids before y'all married, you know, or trying to have a little bit of fun before you married. I get that. But I want you to understand that the miscarriages didn't push him away. The failed attempts didn't push him away. Her not have, being able to have kids didn't push him away. You know, I think it's a matter of he showed her that even though you couldn't have the kids, he was still blessing her despite other women was able to have kids. You know, when I left the, you know, when I was in the military, the goal was never to get out. I was going to stay in um, and either I would have finished school, she would have finished school. But when I felt like God was telling us to, to exit, we didn't have funds like that to say, oh, OK, well, we good. We don't need to. It's not like we we don't have to work. You know what I mean? But because my wife trusted me that that's what God was leading us to. She was willing to. Hey, all right, well, let's get out. You know what I mean? But if I was willing to stay, all right, we're going to stay. Now, that just shows me that level of support. And I bear in mind. I get it. It's marriage. But I want you to see that there's there's a reason a lot of men can walk in confidence, especially I can speak on behalf of men. And I'm sure women are the same way, because if you have that support system, you know, you can if somebody's helping you, if somebody's willing to, to be that shoulder you can lean on. They're willing to chase after a dream. They're willing to, to do the will of God, because sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone is very terrifying. But my goal is. The same way that, you know, I felt that God was leading me to do something and she didn't, she didn't, well, no, nah, I don't think that was God. She was willing to encourage me. It's the same way I have to do that for her, whatever dream she has. And I'm telling you, that's how relationships thrive because come hell or high water, whatever it is, you have to have somebody in your corner that's supporting you. And if that person is constantly questioning you, constantly criticizing you, when Job was going through and his wife says, curse God, where David is praising God and his wife says, you're making an idiot out of yourself, dude. Why are you dancing like that? You don't want those types of relationships in your corner. You want somebody who's going to join in with you, somebody who's going to partner with you and what God is, what God is trying to do in your life. Philippians 2 and 4 says, everyone should not look to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Now, obviously, that's not dating, but it's a principle. No relationship works when we're so worried about self, our, our, our own pleasure. We should be aiming to, to, to help them. We should be aiming to make sure they become who God has called them to be. Make sure they walk in their purpose. That should be our goal. You know, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, it wasn't one of the points that I want to talk about. It's just active listening. That's definitely one that I had to do the most amount of work on because a lot of times we listen to respond rather than listen to understand. Um, a lot of times we're quick to give our feedback and constantly quick to to say what we wish they would be like and all that. No, but we'll be willing to listen, hear this person's feelings. Um, don't dismiss it, stuff like that. You know, so what are some things that you guys do in order to build your relationships when you realize maybe it was crumbling and things you had to work on? What are some things that you or some couples that you admire? What's something about them that causes you to say, that's something that I want to do? 
You know, but for those who listen to the end of the podcast, I appreciate you guys. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, all those things. Comment below five stars if you're on Apple. And as always, we'll be seeing you next week, Thursday. Hopefully we got our guests figured out. But if not, I love y'all anyways. Peace.